you in debt? Yes. Are you behind on your bills? Yeah. Do you have sleepless nights anxiously worrying about how to make ends meet? I do. Well, your troubles are over. Really? How? With our new magic key solution. With our magic key, you can unlock the door of success. Suddenly, worries of the past are forgotten. Pressures of the now are a breeze, and your dreams of the future will all come true. Wow, how does that work? We're glad you asked. When you have our magic key, magic will happen all around you. Your bank account will have money in it, and you'll have no idea how it got there. Ideas for making money in the future will just pop into your head out of nowhere. Suddenly, you can write a bestseller, or invent that next kitchen gadget, or even pick the right numbers to win the lottery. Either way, you win. Amazing! How do I get magic key? It's easy. Call with a credit card, and in just 36 easy payments, a path to success and financial freedom. The bonds of financial stress are over. Call now, and you'll receive our second mini magic key free. Free? Thanks, Magic Key. Void where prohibited by law. Do not attempt to use while pregnant, driving, or operating heavy machinery. Sorry, no CODs. You, you probably won't see that exact commercial on TV, but you get the idea. It uh, there's something in us that we want a magic key to find the money, because money's so helpful. Um, before we dive into uh, the the message this morning, I'd like to welcome you here. And、uh, just say that I'm glad you're you're here.、Um, just something coming up next week. Again, I'd like to try to remind the congregation to pray for the crew in Orangecrest. We've launched a church there in Orangecrest area of Riverside. And next week, next Sunday, is their third preview service. So if you'd pray for all those folks, we have a crew that generally goes and helps with with that. And I'd I'd like to ask you to. Uh, pray for them. In fact, let's just pray right now, if you would. We'll pray. Lord, we、uh, come before you. We thank you for the fact that、uh, you you are the one that holds our lives in your hands. And I, I want to just ask that you'd help the, the crew in Orangecrest as they set out to plant a new church、uh, to advance your kingdom. Lord, I, I ask that you'd Encourage them, strengthen them, Josh and Erica. I pray that you'd give them perspective and help as they set about doing your work there. I pray that you'd bring、uh, the people around that you've already decided、uh, to be a part of that congregation. Pray that you would、um, grant wisdom to the crew as they figure out、uh, how, how to include more and more people in what you're doing there. And Father, I pray that you'd meet their needs, particularly for a worship leader. I pray that you'd meet their needs financially, and that you, Lord, would、uh, show yourself mighty on their behalf. We thank you for what you've been doing already, the way that you've provided, how obvious it is that you're at work, and we ask your blessing on this service next week. That、uh, some more guests, and particularly people. Who don't know you, Lord, and haven't connected with you yet, would would come and hear your word and be drawn toward you. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.、Uh, one of the reasons we tend to look for a magic key, and you see different kinds of commercials on on television that 
promise the ability to gain more money or to answer certain questions to solve problems that you have and so you want to spend your money actually if you pay the 36 payments of 20 bucks you could get enough people to do that whoever wrote that commercial there is that's their magic key <laughs> just pay it on out um, but anyway we look for for a magic key that give us money or we we want money basically because it's so helpful i mean let's face it money really helps we're we're trying to launch a church in in uh, Orange Crest area of Riverside, money really helps. You need money to do stuff for the kingdom. You, you need money to buy groceries, and you need things. So it's, it's such a helpful thing. Ecclesiastes says in, in chapter 10, 19, tongue-in-cheek, money seems to be the answer for everything, or money is the answer for everything. That's what it says. So... Uh, it's, it's something that's very easy to get your heart wrapped around. And the interesting thing about following God, we're going to look this morning at how to find financial peace. And as you set out to follow God, if you haven't yet decided to make Christ the Lord of your life, and you haven't yet decided to follow him, one thing that God does is he doesn't waste experiences. He, he doesn't waste worry and struggle and turmoil. What we're looking at this morning is um, how to find peace in the midst of financial stress and turmoil. And the thing I appreciate about God is that uh, he uses money as a training ground as much as anything else. It's interesting, in the Bible there are over 2,500 verses on, on money. There are 500 verses on heaven and hell combined. I think the reason is because God can get to our hearts through our money in a way that he can't through other things. Because it's such a part of our everyday lives. It was a, it was a key part of my training ground in graduate school. I went to graduate school to get ready for doing what I'm doing now. And I started a janitorial business. I used to tell people at the time, you know, I own a janitorial business. Well, that sounds better than I clean toilets, which is what I actually did. <laughs> I mean, I was the janitor, okay? And I went around to businesses and tried to build this business. Well, the economy, I went to graduate school in Fort Worth, Texas, and the economy wasn't doing very well. And when small businesses are struggling, what, I mean, they can find somebody there at the business to, to vacuum floors and clean toilets and things. So I'd be going along. I'd just build the business up big enough so that we could survive, that, you know, we had what we needed, and I'd get a call. Oh, by the way, we really appreciate the work you've done for us so far, but we're not going to need you anymore. 400 bucks a month out the window in one phone call. This happened over and over and over again. And I began to realize this is just as much a part of my training as anything else. I've got to learn in the middle of all this to trust God. And you know what? As I set out, to do what I, I sensed God called me to do there and set my heart on that, he provided everything that we needed every time I got that call. So God wants to get to our heart through our finances. And one of the reasons he can is because it's so close to our heart. It, 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 it can rock our world. But anyway, we... Some of, the, some of the sources of financial turmoil that we deal with um, 
just want to run through real quick. Discontent. Some of these we create, actually most of them we create ourselves. The, the inner commotion, we've, we've been looking uh, basically at how to, how to find hope in the midst of inner turmoil. And discontent is one of the ways that we struggle financially. We want more than we need, uh, it's, it's, which is more than we have right now. Um, debt is another one. Living above and beyond your present means creates inner noise like nothing else. You know deep down, though, that you're going to have to pay the piper. And if you live above your means for long, the piper comes to find you, and he must be paid. Um, demotion or the threat of demotion at work, you know, we worry about maintaining our position at, at work and, or striving to get a promotion that's out of our control. Deterioration is another thing that causes turmoil. Things tear up and break down. Um, Lord provided a house for us the other uh, about ten years ago, the other decade, <laughs> and uh, you know I we had to redo this house. Everything you could imagine, we needed to do this house from the roof on down. And people who owned houses—I'd never owned a house before this. People who owned houses kept telling me, "Well, don't worry, you'll get to do it again someday." And here we've been in it 10, 10 years, and the stuff we did when we moved in, it's starting to need redoing. Stuff tears down. It wears out. It, 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 it goes away. Very temporary. Inflation is another problem. I read in the Times this week that the cost of Christmas has gone up. If you're going to buy your true love, all the gifts that are suggested in the song, the 12 Days of Christmas... It would cost you $78,100. That's up 4% from last year. It was $75,100 and $122 last year. Uh, the minimum wage hike increase caused the eight maids of milking to go up from $41 to $48. The six geese of laying went from $300 to $360. The five golden rings went up 21.5%. From, from 325 and 395. And you know, that's fun to goof around with. But that mirrors inflation. You know, about 4% is what it's gone up in the last, in the last year. And so, this will drive you crazy. It, our, our, our finances are not a static situation. It's dynamic. The economy shifts. And, you know, the very first time you do a budget, you think, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to figure out how much I got in got coming in, how much it needs to go out, what the different needs are. I'm going to get that set, and I'm just going to do this. And somehow, <laughs> it is just moving around, and it doesn't stay put. And you've got to learn to live in the dynamic of this thing we call finances and money and stuff. All of these things cause a stir in your soul. Now, how do we settle down? How is it that we settle down in the midst of financial struggles and turmoil? How do we find the peace that God promises? He promises peace, and it is available. But how do you get there? How do you find it? First thing we said last week was locate your hope in the right place, in God. Put your hope in Him. Psalm 42.5 says, uh, why, why are you in despair, O my soul, and why? 
are you disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. When, when you get disturbed on the inside, you put your hope in something. Psalmist is reminding himself, put your hope in God. Don't you put your hope in money? It's not the answer to everything. It's very helpful, and you need it. You need enough of it. But it's not going to solve your problems. Put your hope in God. Fix your mind is the next thing that we looked at last week. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. The word trust it has the idea of you go somewhere for refuge. When you get upset on the inside, when there's commotion, when you're depressed or when you're in despair, you go somewhere for refuge. You, you go to hide. You either come up with your own answers, your own way of handling things, or you go God's way. And he says, peace comes to those who seek refuge in God. This morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take some of the thoughts we looked at last week and apply them to our financial situation. And Jesus gives us a tremendous amount of guidance in this area on how to deal with worry and struggle in the financial area, how to settle the financial turmoil. And so we're going to look at a chunk of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus delivered this uh, in his lifetime. And what he was doing in the Sermon on the Mount, he was describing how his followers are going, are, are going to handle different practical matters in life, what their character is going to be, how, how they're going to relate to God. or He was, he was trying to give some, some real helpful guidance and principles on, on how to handle these things. He goes into a section on how to deal with worry, particularly about finances. There's a whole chunk of, of this sermon that he delivered that Christians throughout the centuries have looked back on where he talks about this. He starts out by saying, earthly treasure doesn't last. He's, he starts in by working on our perspective. Because perspective has to do with how you think life works and what you think you're going to get out of certain things. And so we tend to operate out of our perspective. So if you think money is the answer to everything, or if you think money is going to be able to buy you what you really need, or if you're struggling financially and you think a little more money would really help me, right here, and that's the answer, Uh, Jesus says, stop and think about that. Think about your situation in light of what what he's saying here. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What are you hoping to get out of your money? As you, as you work for it, as you, as you try to get more of it, what are you hoping to get out of there? Life is not in your bank account. I mean, you can get the paddles out and try to, you know, shock your bank account into life. There is no life there. That's not life. It's a tool that you can use to live and continue to live and maintain your life, but it's, it's not going to bring life to you. If you live your life... Uh, if, if, you, if you try to get life out of these things, it's not going to be there. They wear out. They go away. 
if you live your life for earthly stuff, it's going to wear out and go away, and you won't find the reward you're looking for in it. That's what Jesus is saying. But there is a reward that will bring the things that you really want. And we need to set our heart on the things that do not deteriorate. Second thing Jesus says is you can serve you only you can only serve one master at a time. Matthew six twenty four says, No one can serve two masters, either we hate the one or and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The word money there is actually in the Greek that this was origin, originally actually Jesus spoke it in Aramaic. And the word money is Mammonus, it's, uh, uh, it's actually money or wealth personified and has the idea of the, the God of this world. Because if you think about this world, it's driven by our finances and stuff, earthly treasure. And so he's saying you cannot serve God and money or mammon at the same time. If you decide to follow Christ, uh, then you've got to lay aside this all-out pursuit for money and, and things. That's one of the things you decide. Sometimes we think, I'm going to serve God, but I'm going to make sure I get me some of my own stuff too. But God will be master but God will be master or he will be nothing at all. He, he refuses to be your concierge because he's, he's the Lord of the universe. He's the maker of all. And so as you set out to follow him, sometimes you think, in fact, man-made religion is this. You, you come up with religion in order to do things to twist God's arm so that he'll hand you what you really want. And this is a very human idea, and we bring it into Christianity sometimes. As you set out to follow God, you decide, I'm going to do, I'm going to figure out what this God wants me to do, because I'm going to do one, two, three, four, and out comes the things I've always wanted. That's that's one of the ways we think. If I just can please God, then he's going to give me the stuff I want. But God will be master, or he will be nothing at all. He refuses to be your errand boy. He's, he's the Lord. And so what Jesus is saying is this. He's saying, you have to decide whether or not you're going to follow God alone. Have an undivided heart toward him. If you decide to follow him and you want to continue to to you want him to continue to work in your life, then what you've got to do is refuse a double mind. We looked at that last week, James 1, 7, and 8. If you ask God for something, you shouldn't think you'll receive anything from him if you're double-minded. God's the one who gives lasting peace, so if we're going to him, we must refuse to be double-minded. We must set our hearts singly on what he wants. third thing Jesus said is, worry is a waste of time and effort, pretty simply put. Um, but he, he begins to list things that we tend to worry about. Some of the stuff we worry about is food, fashion, and the future. And he he goes through these. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, there's food. We we go to both ends of the spectrum on this. 
Sometimes we, uh, we get consumed with thinking about the next meal, or we get in a meal we want the meal to be just so. We get a little upset of, 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 if, you know, if, our, if our meat's cooked too much, too well done. If it's too well done, we get a little upset about that. And we lose sight of the fact that it's really designed to just help us keep, it's the fuel we need to keep living. But we can get wrapped up in everything, the presentation and everything being a certain way. Or we can get so consumed with not eating too much of it that it, it sort of begins to take over. But anyway, we worry about it. We worry about what we're going to eat or drink. The people that Jesus was talking to, he's talking about they're worried about whether or not they're going to have enough food. But in our society, we take it to a new level. Um, or about your body, what you will wear. The fashion is not your life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Worry is completely unproductive. For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So, Jesus is saying, don't worry. God already is aware of your situation. Trust him. Turn worry into a prayer of thanksgiving. Ask God for stuff, and... Ask him what you need for the stuff you need, and then thank him for what's going on. We looked at this last week, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The path is putting your hope in him. Putting your hope in him. The, the practical expression of that is turning your worry into a prayer with thanksgiving. Father, I've made a mess of this situation. I, my finances are, are a mess, and I'm responsible. Will you show me the way out? Thank you, God, for the fact that you've provided these clothes I'm wearing. You've provided a place to stay. You've met my needs. Thank you for what you've done. You ask God and you, you thank him as you go along. If you're worried about your finances, start thanking God for all he's given you and all he's done to this point in your life. Most of the stuff you worry about won't happen. But after you ask God for help, then find out what it means to make him your master. What, what does it mean for him to be the Lord of my finances, my bank account, my budget? What does he want? How does he want me to handle this? Because a lot of what's happening is we're wanting to follow the Lord. We're wanting to, to, to live life his way, but we're holding parts of it for ourselves. And we need to ask him. Because some of the commotion, some of the turmoil that's going on in our heart and life is self-induced. And as you dig into Scripture, there's a tremendous amount of guidance for settling your heart and settling yourself on handling your finances the right way. And what Jesus is saying is you can't have two masters and expect God to work in your life and in your finances. If, if you'll just set your heart on him, find out what he wants and do it, 
then you will you will find the the strength and the help that he wants to give. Number 4, God will meet your needs as you pursue his kingdom. Matthew 6:33 says, "But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well." Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God's kingdom is the rule of God in the hearts of men and women. So if you set your heart on advancing the kingdom of God, then what you do is you're, you're trying to figure out how to let him be more and more the Lord of your own life and how to introduce other people to him as well. And his righteousness is just doing what's right before God in different situations. Here's the interesting thing. If you're just focusing on your money and your financial situation, you're living too small. But if you're focusing on what God's doing in your life, what he wants to accomplish through you, which is a tremendous thing, he wants you to be a part of advancing his kingdom on the earth. If you'll look at life through that wide-angle lens and set your heart to allow him to use you to advance his kingdom in whatever way he wants, he promises to take care of your needs. He, he will meet your needs. All these things shall be given to you, your food, your fashion, your future will be taken care of if you'll just set your heart on doing what God's called you to do, what he's made you to do. When your money and your very life fits into the bigger picture of cooperating with God to advance his kingdom, you've got bigger concerns than your money. So aim to build God's kingdom and live his righteousness. If you set your heart on these things, God will bring true reward. He doesn't have to. It's an interesting thing. He doesn't have to he didn't have to put things together so that we could build treasure that lasts. Because he made us. He made you and I. He's our maker. And so that means that it's right for the people who've been made to do what the maker wants us to do. That's only right. But God is so gracious that it not only makes us and lays out what we need to do and how we need to handle life, but he blesses us in, in, the, in, the, in the doing of what he's asked us to do. We find his help and we find sure reward. Proverbs 11:18 says, The wicked man earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. God doesn't have to, but he rewards righteousness. Righteousness basically involves asking the right questions in different situations. Not, how can I work this to my advantage, but how can I do right before God and fulfill his purpose for me right here and now in this conversation? With this budget, with this responsibility. And you wait on him to respond. You put your hope in him. What can I do today, right now, in this conversation that will bring honor to him? How can I make the most of this opportunity to help those around me come to know him? Despair and disturbance, a lack of peace, flows from wrapping your heart around the wrong kind of treasure and trying to serve two masters. I was reading this morning in my quiet time, I was reading Psalm 147, and a quiet time is just a time when I... 
pray to God and spend some time in his word. And it said that God delights in a person who fears him and puts their hope in his unfailing love. And a person who fears God doesn't mean you're afraid of him in, in, in the way that uh, you're jittery and nervous around him. But it means that you take him seriously. And you take him so seriously that you want to live in a way that pleases him. And so a person who, that God delights in is one who fears him, takes him seriously enough to do what he said, and then puts their hope in his unfailing love. God delights in that. And so as we put our hope in him, he is pleased. And you find in Ecclesiastes 2.26 that the man who pleases him is the one that he gives wisdom, knowledge, and success to. All of this flows from the hand of God. Despair and disturbance, a lack of peace, flows from wrapping your heart around the wrong things. But if you wrap your heart around God, he will bring his blessing into your life. Peace, peace flows from putting your hope in God by trusting him through prayer and making his kingdom and righteousness a priority in your life. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word. And I thank you for the fact that you want to use it to set us free from the turmoil, from the bondage that we get ourselves into. And I pray that, God, as we uh, move forward from here, that we would be able to more and more set our hearts to advance your kingdom and your cause. And, God, I, I ask for the strength to let go of our own struggles and to get past ourselves to advance your kingdom, Lord, and to live your righteousness. We need your help in this, and we ask for it in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.